Tonight we'll look into the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter, and I'll read verses 7, 8, and 9. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7, 8, and 9. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. The book of Hebrews was written about 70 A.D., primarily to those who were Hebrew Christians. It is generally attributed to the Apostle Paul, although strong cases have been made for half a dozen other authors. But to the Hebrew Christians, they found themselves moving from having observed God under the law, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and now having to serve Christ in the New Covenant or the New Testament through the Holy Spirit that was upon the author they carefully went through the instructions to the Hebrew Christians not discarding the law or the old covenant, but showing how it was fulfilled through Christ and how it led to a better covenant, the New Testament. And in fact, better than is one of the main themes that you find throughout the book of Hebrews. In this closing chapter, the writer admonishes the believers to remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. We're called to remember And in that sense, it's to imitate by following the example of those that brought us in and instructed us in the gospel and carefully taught us the word of God. The end of their conversation, this is likely referencing the fact that many had already at this time been martyred. And through this, they were to consider how their testimony was, in their case, for many of them, unto the death. Because of those times that they were living in, we can understand that the world can change for us, sometimes suddenly, sometimes even Radically, and perhaps you've noted that 
the past few months. It's, it's nothing new. This is what they were going through. The church at this time was experiencing intense persecution. At the time the book of Hebrews was written, in fact, the temple in Jerusalem may have already been destroyed or was about to be destroyed. Certainly, Jerusalem would have been under siege. So you could understand that those serving the Lord at that time wondered how the gospel would go on without, to them, the giants of the faith, Peter, James, John, Paul, the other apostles, several having at that time already been martyred. Now, it was in the context of this that the writer interjects what is one of, I suppose, my most favorite verses in the Bible, where it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And what a wonderful promise. We can take this to mean that things are going to change. People, spiritual leaders, they're going to come and they're going to go. But one thing will always remain the same, and that's our Lord and Savior. When it comes to change, sometimes change is for the good. I was thinking today about my first watch. It was a self-winding watch. Perhaps some remember those. You'd wear it, and just the movement of your wrist throughout the day would cause a mechanism to go back and forth and keep the watch wound. I, I really liked that watch until it quit working. Well, then a couple of years later in the eighth grade, I had a friend of mine, Mike Tierney. He got a digital watch. That was 1975. Wow, it was really neat. It was black. It had very tiny little red numbers on it. And, and you could turn it on and off. But it was very expensive. It, it was a neat watch. Well, today I have an iWatch. It, it does a lot of things, like tells time. It can even vibrate and wake me up in the middle of the night. But we can see that sometimes change is an improvement. We like things that improve so that our life is better. However, there are other things that we don't want to change. Just last week, uh, Rodik and I uh, watched the Neowise Comet. Uh, it was neat that you could, one, see with the naked eye, see even better with binoculars or a telescope, but you could see the tail of it. And I was thankful that they said that I could look for the Big Dipper, and I knew where that was, and I could look just below that, and I'd be able to find the comet. Well, I'm thankful that the Big Dipper didn't change to the Big Cup or didn't change its place in the constellations, but I knew right where to look for it. 
because those things don't change. And those are things that we count on not changing. The sun, the moon, the earth. Just even a, a, a minor change could have catastrophic effects on you and I. We count on them for the balance. It gives us gravity, gives us an atmosphere, air, food, uh, all of these things. And so the writer of Hebrews was certainly referring to the fact that this is a change that he was referring to that is very important that it remains constant. And in this sense, it is eternally constant and the Lord will never change. So when we consider here those that the writer was referring to, he had already set up the the relationship and what they were to be looking to in the 11th chapter, the roll call of the heroes of faith, where he recounted the Bible stories and accounts that we have where the giants of the faith trusted in God in the 12th chapter, reminding us that we're now surrounded, compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses, So we too must run our race and persevere in that race. Well, we can do this because we know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That gives us assurance that his promises to help us and to be with us and to be near to us And when other things seem to change all around us, to be the rock that you and I can go to. Moses told the children of Israel, this was shortly before he died. This is in Deuteronomy 31.6. He said, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So the Lord God placed that kind of encouragement into Moses' heart that he was able to transfer to the children of Israel. And later Joshua could take that same promise. And then through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you and I, We're given the same promises that we too could have assurance that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We can find many examples in God's word and see how things are the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Luke chapter 5, there's the account of the man that was brought by his friends to the Lord with the palsy, or he was paralyzed. And the Lord saw his condition. Well, first he dealt with his biggest problem. He told the man, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. You see, that is the greatest problem. We can have lots of things going 
on in this world. And people will go out after trying to solve different issues. But the, the greatest problem will always be sin. And we can see when a situation was brought to the Lord, what did he deal with? He dealt with the biggest problem. He dealt with the sin. But then later, he told this man, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine own house. The man was instantly healed. Immediately, he left for his own house, glorifying God. Now you go forward a couple years, Acts chapter 3. We find the account of the lame man that was by the beautiful gate outside of the temple in Jerusalem. Peter told this man that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, he was able to uh, immediately to leap up and went into the temple with Peter and John walking and leaping and praising God. In May 2001, Brother Randy Maycumber, Ryan Erdman, and I, we were in Romania just towards the very end of that trip. We were asked to go pray for one of the uh, older sisters in a church, and she she had a stroke and was paralyzed. And so we went to this small hospital. Uh, it, it wasn't a very nice hospital. Uh, you could see many were there suffering. And this poor sister, she was in a bed and she was paralyzed. We anointed her with oil in Jesus' name, prayed for her, and nothing happened. Well, a few days later, we returned to the U.S., and I suppose a day or two after that, I called the pastor in that town and asked about that sister. And he said, the Lord healed her. She's able to walk to church. That was her only means to get to church, was a long walk. But Jesus healed her. What was the constant? What was the same in every one of those accounts? The first one, Jesus was there in person. The second, Peter called on the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The third, we prayed in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this doesn't apply to just healings. You can go through God's word and then apply it to what you and I have seen and witnessed and understand that Whatever it is, whatever has been promised in God's word, why the Lord is able to accomplish that as we come in faith believing. In Acts chapter 1 and 2, the Lord instructed his disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. They all later, it said, continued in prayer and in supplications And then in the second chapter, it says on the day of Pentecost that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, this morning, Brother Dave mentioned in his sermon the testimony of Sister Tilly Nelson. 
Here she had gone to India to be a missionary for six years, returned to the United States, was in Portland, came to a camp meeting, and as he mentioned, she thought, why, the baptism sounds pretty good. I could use that power for service. But she got nowhere when she prayed for it. So then she thought, well, I need to be entirely sanctified. I need holiness. And still the same thing. She got nowhere praying for it. Finally, she realized that she needed a true born-again experience. And when God saved her, why, then she was able to get things into the right order so that God could then sanctify her and fill her with the Holy Spirit. And she had power for service and then served God for many years. Well, that's what you and I can expect as as we're willing to follow the Lord's instructions why the promises of God are are yea and amen. That means they're, they're more than assured. They're forever settled in heaven. We'll read verse 9 again. He says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. It's easy today, it seems, for new ideas and thoughts about Christianity and doctrines to enter into churches with the proliferation of information and access to it on the Internet, YouTube, other venues. It's so available. And often we even see many of these incorporate uh, social uh, tendencies into them and into God's word. It is as if man in his his arrogance thinks that somehow through learning that he can identify something that has previously been unidentified in God's word or, or have a better understanding of God's word. And yet we know that God's word is something to be experienced. It is something to be spiritually discerned. It requires First, a proper relationship with God so the word of God can become alive in us and and we can understand uh, what God is saying in his word and apply it to our life. But if you have any questions, well, you can refer back to verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And how powerful that is when, when something would, would come and you would wonder, should I change? Is there, there's something that I'm not doing? Uh, maybe is there something that I, I misunderstood from God's word? Well, the devil's tactics never change. Uh, there were agnostics and different ones that tried to come into the New Testament church. Where, where did they find strength? Well, they found strength in going back to the word of God. 
And that's what you and I need to do. If we have a question, the answer is not out there. It is in here. And so we need to make sure that we keep our focus on the word of God and upon serving the Lord. It tells us that our our hearts should be established with grace. We heard about grace this morning, the unmerited favor of God or God's riches at Christ's expense. I don't know that there is a good definition for the grace of God. But I know the grace of God can can change a heart, a heart that is bound for hell, a heart that is in turmoil, because I know that that's what that grace did for me. And that grace can keep you and I living a life that's pleasing to God if we keep God the center of our attention. Here in this verse, it says, not with meats. Well, there were Judaizers in that first century church that that wanted the new converts to observe the the Hebrew dietary laws. Well, again, we we don't want to put restrictions on God's word, our own personal interpretations. Uh, that will only hinder you and I from enjoying the blessings of God. But as we consider that he never changes, that his word will always remain the same, meaning any promise that is in his word that is made to us, that applies to you individually, you can literally camp upon that promise and know when when we meet God's conditions why God will grant us the desire of our heart. The true grace of God upon our life uh, just in itself will keep us living soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. You know, today I believe more than ever. Uh, We need to be looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's wonderful to know that today when things seem so unsettled and changing, that more than being able to look up at the sky and find something that you're told should be in a certain location, why you can be assured when you come to a place of prayer and open up your heart, well, you're going to find the Lord. And you're going to find that he hasn't changed or the promises that he's made to you have not changed. But you're going to find that that he's still here and he's still wanting to hear and answer our prayer. That's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to have an opportunity to pray. You can come down, you can meet the Lord, you can meet the Lord in your pew. But know that the Lord is here and he wants to hear and answer your prayer this night.